G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Tuesday again and our opportunity to check in with breaking news as it's been happening overnight from the Middle East and especially how these issues in the news affect the nation of Israel. Ron Ross, who's been our Middle East reporter for many, many years, back with us again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back. Does that just mean I'm old? <laughs> well, uh, you can tell us how old you are if you want to, but I'm happy to keep it a secret. <laughs> Ron, significant things happening, and we always appreciate your insights. Uh, one of those topics that's been part of our conversation on 2020 now for a long, long time is this idea of moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and declaring Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Now, that's been the main talking point in the Middle East this past week. Oh, it's been a hot potato. Palestinian Authority Deputy Prime Minister Ziad Abu Amir told the U.S. Consul General in Jerusalem, Donald Bloom, on Monday, that's yesterday, that both the prospects of moving the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital are unacceptable and bear risks that no one desires. According to U.S. media reports, U.S. President Donald Trump will deliver a speech tomorrow in which he will declare Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Trump is also reportedly deliberating on the possibility of relocating the American embassy in Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Such moves would be at odds with the American administration's role as the mediator of the peace process and ejected from that role, close all doors to continuing a serious peace process and push the entire region in the direction of tension and instability, Abu Amir said to Bloom. Israel considers all of Jerusalem its capital, while the Palestinians hope East Jerusalem will be the capital of a future Palestinian state. It was interesting to note, I followed this very carefully this week, but in Washington, U.S. President's uh, uh, Middle East envoy, Jerud Kushner, also his uh, son-in-law, he said the president is going to make his decision, Kushner told the Saban Forum. Uh, he will make his decision. He's still looking at a lot of different facts. And when he makes his decision, he'll be the one who wants to tell you. So he'll make sure he does that at the right time. According to diplomats and observers, he is also now expected to announce in that speech tomorrow he supports Israel's claim as Jerusalem for its capital. And Ron, not something that should be taken lightly, Palestinian groups lobbying against the move and even threatening violent reactions. There's been reaction from the Arab Legion. Uh, there's been a, a threat of violence from Hamas. Uh, King Abdullah from Jordan has been very much opposed. Uh, but uh, it's very interesting to see Trump has been talking to General Sisi in Egypt and has come up with an alternative plan uh, for a Palestinian state. All of that should be unveiled tomorrow. 
Ron, just before we move on from this, there have been moves and approaches and petitions even to our Australian Parliament uh, to have the Australian Embassy moved as well. Do you know of any updates or uh, any of the latest news that might be around that issue? No, I know that Ian Morby and Keith Buxton have been in Canberra and talked to politicians there. Uh, there it's, Australia has always been considered to be a friend of Israel. Uh, it will be interesting to see if we follow America's lead, but I think uh, we would hang back and wait to see what the United States does. Let's talk through some other issues in Israel. There's a UN resolution against Israeli settlements. It's at the centre of this guilty plea by the former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Yeah, the December 2016 Anti-Settlements UN Security Council Resolution 2334 is at the heart of the guilty plea former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has made. Flynn is accused of making false statements about his conversations with Russian Ambassador to the US, Sergei Kislev. One of the two statements is allegedly about the UN resolution which condemned Israel's settlements as a flagrant violation of international law and which Trump's team sought to have vetoed. Since May 2017, Special Counsel Robert Mueller has been investigating links between Russia and the presidential campaign of Donald Trump. Michael Flynn resigned as National Security Advisor in February 2017 after having misled Vice President Mike Pence about the nature of his conversations with Kislyak. The December 1 court uh, filing notes that on or about December 22nd, Flynn did not ask the Russian ambassador to delay the vote on or defeat a pending United Nations Security Council resolution and that the Russian ambassador subsequently never described to Flynn Russia's response to the request. I believe this upset uh, President Trump and uh, it's very interesting to see Israel is right in the middle of the current investigation by the FBI. And it seems it's not unusual that there be United Nations resolutions against Israel. There does seem to be a prevalent negativity there. And in fact, the UN has passed six new anti-Israel resolutions. Yeah, the United Nations General Assembly passed six new Arab-sponsored resolutions condemning Israel, including a resolution erasing all Jewish connection to the Temple Mount and another condemning Israel's presence in the Golan Heights. By contrast, in this year's session, there'll be a total of six condemnatory resolutions for the rest of the world combined, with one each on Syria, North Korea, Iran, Crimea, Myanmar, as well as one criticizing the U.S. embargo on Cuba. The Jerusalem resolution passed by a vote of 151 votes in favor to six against, with nine abstentions, reiterated that any actions by Israel, the occupying power, it says, to impose its laws, jurisdiction and administration on the holy city of Jerusalem were illegal and therefore null and void. And I would think it's that move uh, that might inspire President Trump to declare Jerusalem Israel's capital. The resolution referred to Jerusalem and its holy sites exclusively in Arabic, noting the Muslim significance. 
the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, passed almost identical resolutions in 2015 and 2016. Ron, another headline that extends into Europe, where Israel has withdrawn from a Dead Sea Scrolls exhibit in Germany. Yeah, this is a very interesting uh, situation. Israel has pulled out of a planned exhibit of the Dead Sea Scrolls in Frankfurt because the German government would not guarantee their return if they were claimed by the Palestinians or the Jordanians. The Frankfurt Bible Museum announced that it cancelled the exhibit, which was scheduled for September next year, or rather September 2019. Its director, Jürgen Jevzik, said he regretted the German government's decision, adding that neither Holland nor Austria would have hesitated to issue general immunity guarantees. According to German news reports, the government guarantee would have blocked Palestinian or Jordanian authorities from contesting the provenance of the scrolls, which are among the oldest known texts related to the Bible. Because of the unwillingness of both ministries to give the necessary declaration as Qumran lies in today's West Bank, the Israel Antiquities Authority is not letting the material out of the country, and the Bible Museum had to cancel its plans. Uri Becker, the deputy mayor of Frankfurt, told the Jerusalem Post. Tragedy. Ron, let's talk a little archaeology. I know you like to monitor stories of new discoveries. Well, interesting discoveries have been reported from the traditional site of Jesus' tomb at Jerusalem's Church of the Holy Sepulchre. What's happened there? Yeah, many people believe this to be the authentic tomb of Jesus, and uh, these reports appear to confirm that the remains of a limestone cave enshrined in the area were remnants of Jesus' tomb. According to the historical accounts, Constantine discovered the tomb with assistance from his mother Helena between 325 and 326 AD. Virtually destroyed in 1009, the Holy Sepulchre area has been rebuilt over the centuries by various Christian groups, including the Byzantines and the Crusaders, Recent restoration of the shrine around the tomb caused it to be opened for the first time in centuries. Researchers removed a marble slab, which according to pilgrim accounts, had been installed in the tomb sometime in the Crusader era, around 1300 to 1500 AD. This slab was believed to cover a ledge where Christ was laid after he was crucified. When it was removed, researchers discovered a second fractured slab that was engraved with a cross. How exciting is all of that? Just amazing stuff. Ron, always so good getting your insights. And as we say, breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. And so good to keep up with what's happening with God's chosen people in the land of Israel that he hasn't finished with yet. And these news stories just bring the Bible so much closer to who we are today in the 21st century, even here in Australia. Always appreciate the way you make those connections and keep us up to date. Ron Ross, thanks for joining us again on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.